Welcome to the Resistance Broadcast, everybody. That's right. It's our Star Wars podcast. It's our Thursday show. We're going to talk about Star Wars. That's what we do around here. Uh, my name is John. Thank you so much for joining me. James and Lacey with me, as always. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about time skips uh, and what that means to Star Wars. They've been around since the old days um and whether or not our first television show the mandalorian is going to be employing those sorts of things uh which we'll find out in just three months or so Mm -hmm. um so guys i wanted to ask you a question because we all kind of have our star wars decor obviously Lacey has all of her collectibles and she has a billion posters um, I have a bunch of posters. I have a bunch rolled up as well. James, you have your posters uh, in frame and out of frame uh, that we know is, is covering your room down there. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, Acme Archives comes out with a new... James is doing a little pan, little little <laughs> MTV Cribs for people on YouTube to take a little 360 <laughs> view of the room. Uh, Acme Archives puts out another set of original trilogy um, inspired or themed posters uh, that everyone's going to want or maybe have ordered already. Who knows? And it just it has me thinking like, just for example, say someone who's like, I want every Star Wars movie poster. So it's up to 11 at this point. Like, I want them all on my wall and all framed. Like, then you make the tough decisions. Like me right now, I don't have the prequels up because they're my least uh, favorite probably. But, you know, I have the sequels i got solo i got the originals like i wonder if people are like having those tough choices like what's making the cut what's not making the cut because everyone keeps buying these posters so mm-hmm. i don't know where, where you go what do you guys think about star wars posters and <laughs> is the market hurt because everyone's out of wall space my first my first thought on this when you said the sean as i said i know there's always going to be people that you know have them and they never hang them up because they just don't have the little room uh, but the actual, yeah, that, that, well, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, <laughs> but, uh, my actual answer, the reason I think this sells is because very few of these posters go to the same people. Every time they release like a, let's say like a rise of Skywalker poster. Yeah. There's the main one, which a lot of people are going to buy, but then they're going to do like some side artistic version and only few are going to cross over, but for a lot of people, they probably don't have the original one, and then they see that one and they go, oh, that one's cool, plus I need a Rise of Skywalker poster, so they, they opt for that one, and um, I would say that probably, you know, close to, it's probably got to be like 98% or maybe even higher um, of people uh, don't buy multiple of like the same movie. They just like they go online and they search for like Indiana Jones poster and nine times out of 10, they're probably going to go with that theatrical one. But then, you know, a lot of people are probably just going to like scour and find one that they really think is cool from one particular artist and support them. And then that's the Indiana Jones poster that like hangs in their movie room or whatever. Yeah, That's my opinion. But, then, then, then there's tubes. the Lacey. Lacey has the two. Who is the one percent? Yeah. I. Uh, all right. So, in my well, house, can, can you start by letting us know where you? What? What? Do you have any framed and on walls? Like that's where what are you I was at? About with, to do. Okay. All right. Oh. 
So in my house, up on my wall, I have a Last Jedi one, two Last Jedi ones, a uh, New Hope one, and a Force Awakens one downstairs. Like, those are the movie poster ones that I have from... I got them from Bottleneck, like, over the years. And then I also have... I would say probably... Are we just talking movie posters, or are we talking, like, art prints, just movie posters? Yeah, let's stick with that. Yeah, 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 Um, Across my room right now, there's about six rolled up movie posters, Star Wars mm-hmm. movie posters. I have the smaller 11 by 17 versions of a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. I have The Last Jedi one next to me. I have probably... There's one tube... In this room that has, I think, four versions of a Last Jedi posters from Bottleneck. And then I have, like, uh, the original trilogy that they did recently of all three of New Hope. Mm. I have those. So there's three in that tube. I probably have, like, (laughs) like, and the funny thing is, like, people listening are like, don't you have enough? (laughs) Right. Uh I probably have, like, 20 or 30 Star Wars posters. You have a lot of Last Jedi posters. I just feel like that a lot of art was put out for The Last Jedi, and a lot of it came out prior to The Last Jedi, mm-hmm. um, and it's all Kylo Ren specific. Oh, okay. Mm, so right I have now. a lot of Kylo Ren, Ray stuff. Were you? You have that's the my cool... only regular posters oh, that I own are Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the only actual poster size. Everything else is like this stuff that you can see in frame, like the. Solo and the last yeah, the, there's a resistance one right next to it. The bottleneck prints are usually full poster size. They're not the 24, 36. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the I have a Mondo one downstairs that's Last Jedi. That you I have got the from celebration uh, Orlando Ray Last Jedi one, right? Hmm? Do you have that one? The famous one everyone loves, the Last Jedi teaser. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's like the. That might be like the most favorite out of this era poster. I like it because Mark signed it more than anything else. But oh, that was your tram uh, experience or whatever. Yeah. Oh, all right, that makes sense. Do you have that hung up? That one. Yeah, I can take it off the wall. Take take it off the wall and send it to me. He signed it right here. Does it say Lacey on it? It says "Love to Lacey." Darn, we're gonna say with a heart. Up. That's amazing. That's very cool. Um, Yeah, I'm just curious what people out there, uh, what their situations are. Because I know we have like a lot of our generals that do the Patreon pod race for us. And their Mm -hmm. rooms like like Andrew's is like just like loaded. He's got posters and figures and stuff. And I wonder like everyone always has their Star Wars room, right? Like Lacey, you were were telling us about like... Yeah, you got to share the house, right? And not everyone likes Star Wars in the house. Like this is my section here. And I'm, I'm, I'm shocked that I was able to get that much but uh it's it's one of those discussions that fans don't really have but maybe we should because we're running out of real estate we, they keep putting out more posters and i'm wondering if it's gonna be I've, like i just can't buy any more posters guys okay? i tweeted i think in the last year at one point like true life i have no more wall space or something did you like that. really yeah and everyone was just like me too like everyone feels there you go way. all yeah. right um so yeah let us know uh, where you guys are at with your wall space Let's all talk about our wall space. Do we have any do we have any room left for posters? Because there's gonna be more series coming, and then do you add live action series posters to the wall? I tried like, to kind of 
argue for more wall space i was like well i could do it up the stairs yeah. uh, upstairs hallway and i was <laughs> shot down very quickly it's like you can um, have the garage on the other side of the dining room table <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh man all right well one thing we do have room for is uh fun segments and um james i got good news for you buddy one with the force oh is back Baby! Let's do one with the force, man. All right, one with the force this week. So, in typical fashion, we got uh, four questions that if you, if this is your first time joining the show, we're going to, I'm going to read the question and then we get one answer. So, that's why it's called one with the force. Um, Let's go ahead and get into that first question uh, so that you get the the feel for it. It's which chapter of The Mandalorian would you show to someone who has never seen the show in order to give them the best representation of the series? Now, this is a weird question to begin with because who shows somebody episode four (laughs) first? But I think... In the week, yeah, it's <laughs> a, a good one, John. Um, but I think it's a good idea of like what, what you know, which one do you think is like the one that kind of represents everything? So I'm starting with Lacey on this one. What's, what's your chapter of choice? Episode or chapter three? Three, okay, why is that? Uh, it has Baby Yoda in it, it mm-hmm. kind of shows you that the Mandalorian has a, a good side. Even though at the beginning of the episode, you're like, how could you do that? It has the most action. It's the most interesting. And it leaves on a high note that leaves you wanting more. Yep. That's a good one. John, what, what would be your episode that you'd show someone? That was close for me, but I'm going with the other Deborah Chow one. I'm, I went with chapter seven, The Reckoning, um, because mm. we've gone, we've met and gotten to know all of our main heroes and characters and this is the one that brings them all together so you know grief quill baby yoda kara and mando are all working together and ig11 and it gave me that old school like we're together we're doing this together family star wars feel for the first time in in, in mandalorian and it felt right and them sitting around the fire and griefs cut up and Baby Yoda heals him and Queel's over there giving advice. It felt like that Star Wars teamwork thing that you felt in Rebels on the Ghost and you feel in the original trilogy. Uh, so I think that is what I would want to showcase to people. Yeah, it's weird. I kind of had like a real answer uh, that I thought was going to get stolen. <laughs> uh, but you guys didn't take it, which was number one. All right. Uh, I would go with chapter one. And uh, not because of what I said before about like who shows somebody the middle of the story. Um, but <laughs> I do think that is a good point is that, you know, hey, if you're interested in this series, let me get started with chapter one. Yeah. You know, they did that. Um, they they wanted to get you hooked in. So they did. They made chapter one the way they did for that exact reason. Um, the other reason I would say it, though, is um is dissecting all of the elements of why they did it the, the way that they did it, right? You're being introduced to the character uh, and you're getting to learn him for, for what he is. And then when the end of that episode comes, you you just feel like you got to, 
I, I, I'm hooked. Now, now I feel like he's a different character, and this is the beginning of a really good arc for him. So I got to see the rest of it. Um, just really quick, like 10 seconds. My joke answer was episode five because I'd be like, if you like this, oh, it's man. all better than that. Dude. It just gets, it's all better than that. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> all right. Uh, the next one uh, we got here is which situation in Star Wars do you think you would have the best chance of? of surviving or maybe even just escaping. So here are the two scenarios. You guys ready? Yep. Ready. All right. Walking the plank for execution at the Great Pit of Carcoon above the Sarlacc or good good scene for Lacey. Loves that scene. <laughs> the other one is hung upside down into ice inside the Wampa's cave. Good good scene. John loves that scene. Good scene. <laughs> So, which one do you think you would be more likely to survive, Lacey? No, no, no. John's going first on this one. Oh, all right. What do you think, John? Uh, I'm going to go with the Pit of Carcoon plank uh, because I feel like if I don't get out of there, like Luke got out of there and that wasn't even like his plan and it worked out, right? If I don't get out of there in that way and I get eaten by the Sarlacc, there's still a chance I can get out of there. There's still a chance. If Boba Fett's going to get out of there, that idiot can get out of there. There's still a chance I can get out of there. So I want to say that because I can't imagine getting breaking out of the ice because I, I can't use the force to get a lightsaber. I would be eaten by the Wampa. I'd be dead. Well, John's John's all dumb and dumber over here. So you're saying there's a chance. Yeah, it's like yeah, he gets in the yeah. Sarlacc. So you're saying there's a chance. Lacey, which one do you think you would escape? I would die in both scenarios. <laughs> so fast. I think that's most people, honestly. <laughs> um, I would probably Boba Fett. Yeah, it would probably be the Sarlacc pit only because, say, I get out of the ice with the Wampa and somehow get away from the Wampa, you still are stuck in the snow, which is what happened to Luke, and then you get lost, and then you die that way. So, Oof. like, the Sarlacc pit, at least, like, if I jump off the ship and miss the Sarlacc pit, at least I'm in the desert, which I feel like I could go a little bit further in heat mm -hmm. than I could in the cold. Because at least I... Because you could, you could see. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Although most likely I'd just become Jabba's slave, so at least there's some out there <laughs> <laughs> for me eventually. Um, then you choke him out. Yeah. So, so this this question was really funny for me because I was like, I was like walking the plank. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, man. I I would not get out of that. There's no way. <laughs> so I'm gonna choose whatever the other one is. And then it's like hung upside down in the ice cube thing, and I'm like. No one is escaping that. That's that's just. I still so don't understand how he got stuck up there. Death. I still stand by that. When we talked about it on yeah, the Patreon yeah. commentary for Empire Strikes Back, mm -hmm. how did I'm that sure. happen? Someone explain that to me because it makes no sense. Yeah, um, a hundred percent. Yeah, like even even Luke himself. Now, granted, he was a master in one, and it wasn't in the other. Mm -hmm. Like Luke barely survived that Wampa encounter. Yep. And he was. It was like the the Jabba thing was nothing to him. 
Um, just a but cool I, I, like a hundred percent, like take, take star Wars out of this. Like if, even if it was just like, you're on a boat and somebody's trying to get you to walk off of the plank and fall into the ocean. How would I get out of that versus fighting? Like being stuck permanently, like you were saying in the ice, John, how? and then, and then if I get away from that, I have to fight a grizzly bear that's not that's not and happening and I'm not running away that thing's chasing me right. yeah then even on top of that if you like Lacey said if you somehow miraculously get out of those two situations you're stuck in the thing no dead 100% uh, that that that's the answer so just, we all went the same one but I was just it was thinking a good, of it was like fun talk. real quick like diving board fails that you see on like Instagram and stuff like imagine oh, like, you try to pull like one two and then slip or it snaps you try to pull like yeah. a Luke maneuver and you go to grab it and you slip and you're just like, whoa, <laughs> you fall down into the yeah. Zarlacc pit. Like, or like the Goonies, they all, they all just jumped off, right? Yeah. Like Luke was very confident with that diving board. My favorite yeah. thing when I was little is like you get, you know, you get excited and you're like, I'm going to go off the diving board. And then you get there and you realize that it's way too high. So then you're like, well, then I'm just going to sit down and go off the diving board. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, no, I can't do this. And then you somehow like maneuver your way down. And mm-hmm. I was thinking as like as an adult doing that in Luke's position where you're like, no, let me he just He sits try. on it. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be pretty funny. Job is like, can you, that can is, you not, can you not, like that's exactly what would happen with me. He'd be like, no, can you... What is happening? He he's like afraid of heights, so he does what he does at the end of Empire Strikes Back. He's like cr- all crawling backwards, <laughs> and then like you always have the other kids who are waiting. So Han's like, "Come on, just go!" Yeah, right. just jump off. Yeah, I was not a big diving board fan either. I always went on the the absolute shortest one, and I would like pencil in, like mm. just straight in, and then I'd go really deep. Because I'm just like, a <gasps> straight thing. And I, I was like, I can't breathe. I'm trying to get to the top as fast as I can. No way I'm going in the bigger Well, room. here's yeah. the kicker. I yeah. had swimmies on when I did that. And there's a whole video at my parents' house of me doing it for about 20 minutes. Nice. And my dad's giving a commentary of Post like, what is it. she doing? Post it. Post <laughs> yeah. it. Patreon tier six. I'm like, what is she doing? Yeah. And I'm just grabbing onto it and yelling, dad, help. And my dad's just filming <laughs> going like, what is she what is she doing? And then there's a moment where I just let go and I kind of just fall a little bit because it's not that high up. Right. And I'm just like, oh, okay. And then I start swimming with my swimmies on. And then the confidence oh, is there. Man. The swimmy confidence is I'm already, yeah, I'm in. Yeah. Gold. <laughs> um, all right, next question, guys. Uh, so Hasbro recently revealed the Cloud City Carbon Chamber Room action figure playset. It's a lot of descriptive words. Uh, what Star Wars set do you think would be the coolest play set? Now, Lacey, you got out of the last one, so you're going first on this one. What do you think? I didn't get out of it. I was letting John answer first, but I do have an answer for this one really quick. Um, Maz's Castle. Easy. Mm. I think that's a really cool set. I wish we got to see more of it. I hope we see more of it in the future. Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. Solo 2. Um I think there's like tons of cool creatures and aliens and droids that could come with it. There's multi levels because you have the level down at the bottom where Ray oh, goes. Oh, that is cool. Yeah. So yeah, mm-hmm. probably Maz's castle, and it comes with the little the little flags. Oh yeah. 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 There's like Mando John, flags. What is? There. What's your choice? 
So uh, I was going to say it's, well, similar. I was going to say the uh, the old school, Mos Eisley Cantina. Mm, mm-hmm. Get that a little exists. Han, so- Han Solo there. Huh? That exists. Well, I'm sure they've made a variation of it, like a garbage one. But I mean, like, is there a modern one with like all the fine detail and all that stuff? You know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I get my Han Solo, have his foot up, just getting ready to like grease Greedo. Mm-hmm. Uh, get the bartender there, have him kicking out the droids, all the little creatures, the band, the IG Eleven heads. Yeah, and then you can you can use it for Mando now. Like there's a <laughs> lot there's a lot you can do with it now. Yeah, the IG heads mm-hmm. in the, behind the bar could call. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Almost nicely. I'm sure there is a version of it, but... There's an old school version. I get what you're saying. Like a newer, yeah. updated one. Yeah, like that old Ewok village sucks, you know? <laughs> right? So, yeah. It has elevators I and think, stuff. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, I think John has kind of nailed the idea here is that it's not even like a real playset. It's like if a genie showed up and you could like boom and you like get all the toys and action figures yeah. and stuff. But well, Lacey said hers would if this. hers came with the aliens, uh, you know, for Taco uh Maz's bar. But Yeah. Like that fat so, guy. Yeah, so I was kind of stuck between I think it's two. His name. <laughs> fat guy. I <laughs> fat guy works. <laughs> Um, I was kind of stuck between two, um, and uh, one of them was The Empire Strikes Back with the Bounty Hunters or whatever, and the reason I was going to go with that was because I could like get all the characters, and then I thought, well, if I wanted all the characters or I wanted all the toys and not so much even the set, then you got to go with um, uh, Agent Kloss, the end of uh, Rise of Skywalker. Ooh. Because I'm picturing this playset and I'm thinking you got C-3PO, R2-D2, Chewbacca, Maz Kanata, Finn, Rey, Poe, and then maybe even ancillary aliens and other things. But then even then you got Luke's X-Wing, the Millennium Falcon, and the Ghost is there. I'm like, that. Oh, that's a good point. So picture the commercial for mine. A girl's playing with Takodana being like, ha ha, and it's like, and then Kylo Ren comes and they just smash it. Dun, oh, dun, I was going to ask, Lacey, does yours fall apart? Like, does the top <laughs> yeah. of the tower oh, yeah, it fall? Does. Yeah. yeah, it does. And it has, you, like, like... push a button can, and it, like, falls into, like, yeah. five pieces. <laughs> Kylo Ren, right? <laughs> yeah. I like that. Oh, all those all those are awesome, I would man. buy all of these. Come on, yeah, Hasbro, yeah. hire me. I mean, what? Yeah. <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> uh, we got one more, guys. Uh, and this one involves the Emperor. Uh, Ian McDermott has appeared in six Star Wars movies as Palpatine. That's episodes one through three, one, two, and three, right? Uh, five, six, and nine. Uh, so we're we're not necessarily looking for the best movie he is in, but which movie would you guys pick as the one movie that uh, fully encapsulates Palpatine, the the best use of Palpatine or his best performance? Uh, so John, this is starting off with you. What do you what do you think? I, yeah, I thought about this for a while and like my go-to would always be like Return of the Jedi just because it was like, that's like the best version of the Emperor to me still to this day. But Palpatine overall, I'm surprised that I came to this, but I'm going with the Phantom Menace because mm. he plays both sides of the aisle. He's Sidious, which is more like how we know Palpatine with Viceroy and Darth Maul. But then he's also a normal looking politician 
who is really just in the ear of this naive uh, queen, kind of pulling the strings and making everything happen uh, leading up to him uh, taking over and becoming chancellor and, and like playing uh, reverse psychology. And like, if you really think about all his calculations in that movie and playing both characters, uh, I think that's his best. And um, I know, you know, a lot of people may say Revenge of the Sith too, but I feel like he went a little cheese ball on us at the end of that one. But mm-hmm. I got to go Phantom Menace. Lacey, uh, what are you going with? What's your answer? Return of the Jedi. He's evil. Mm-hmm. He's creepy. He has some of the best lines in that movie. He yeah. creates the most conflict in the movie, and you get to see him like shoot lightning and stuff. It's just, he's bad. <laughs> Question real quick. When you say he has some of the best lines in the movie, do you mean that some of the best lines in Return of the Jedi are Palpatine's, or some of the best Palpatine lines are in that movie? I mean, kind of both. He has some of the most I I, meaningful lines fair. in the movie, but also some of the best lines that Palpatine's ever said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think I agree um, with John. Like, when he's the Emperor in The Rise of Skywalker, but also in the prequels, he gets... I don't know. It just doesn't... It isn't the same as Return of the Jedi. Yeah. There's something about that that they captured perfectly. I don't know what it was. Mm-hmm. So, that was... I, I think it was with John... My first thought was Return of the Jedi. Then I started thinking a little bit more about Palpatine, and I thought maybe that Revenge of the Sith might be the best answer because you get a little bit of both, right? Um, but I agree with you that his his Emperor at the end is not the best Emperor yeah. by any means. Yeah. You know, it's probably the worst that we've ever seen that Emperor after we've seen, you know, Empire and... Return of the Jedi and even Rise of Skywalker. Um, I wish I had a little bit more time, but I almost want to say like past Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, maybe. But I still think I still think my answer is going to be Revenge of the Sith. I think yeah. it, it's got to be. I just think because it it it's it is what you guys are saying. Like there's this Palpatine and then there's that Palpatine or there's, there's Palpatine and then there's the emperor. And that's the only movie that you really get both in the, in the movie, even if they aren't necessarily the best versions of themselves that you could almost show somebody like, Hey, this is this character and they see him at one way and they see him the other way. So, um, so I, I'm going to go with Ridge of the Sith on that one. I like that. We've been all having different answers. Yeah, that's, uh, that's rare, right? We always <laughs> it depends agree on who's leaving the, the review for us. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's it for one with the force. Uh, good one this week, John. Lots of good questions. Um, would you have any uh, good discussion topics for us? Oh, James, let me tell you. Let me skip to the discussion. The span of time that takes place between Star Wars films varies from one year to 30 years, uh, depending on which films. Uh, Time skips offer the chance for storytellers to advance our stories and leave gap filling to uh, other media at a later date. The Mandalorian Season 2 is just a few months away, and being that it is the first Star Wars live-action television series, it remains to be seen if it will utilize time skips or pick up right where we left off. So... Let's just kind of have a chat about it. Time skips in Star Wars. Um, will they be used in the live action series the same way that they've used them in the films? 
So um, I, I first thought of this because of this is a rare thing with Star Wars where we're doing something for the first time, and that's these, these television series. So the Mando gets to set the ground and set the bar for television series. Do we do the same way as, as the movies, or do we uh, do it differently? So um, I don't know. My first thought on this is like I think about a bunch of other series, and there are plenty of TV shows in the vein of A Mandalorian, which is like these streaming shows um, with multiple seasons, and some pick up immediately uh some do jumps now uh my first thought was um i'm stalling because my notes just froze (laughs) there are a lot of shows that have uh, kids and you have to force a time skip because they age and like something like the stranger things like these kids are going through puberty and it'd be weird if it's like it's next Tuesday and the kid grew eight inches and he's, his voice mm-hmm. is yeah. deeper now. That was so like a ha- big problem for them actually and drove what the story was because the kids were growing at such a rate they couldn't keep up. Yeah, especially that one kid. Like the worst is when you're friends and you're like the last one to, to go through puberty and all your buddies are like six foot tall and you're still like the little kid like like Will. He's still like, yep. looks like he's eight years old. But um, I don't know that Mando has that problem unless baby Yoda's real and then we're dealing with some issues there. I don't know, but I don't know. I, I, I don't know that Mando has to do it, but the thing that makes me think it will is, and I, maybe Favreau doesn't care about this and I'll see what you guys think about this, but because we have that novel coming out, is that taking place after season one? Uh, all these other things that maybe will be used to fill gaps to, I hate to say it, make more money. If you leave a separation there, there's a lot of room to fill in comics and, and games and books and stuff if you do a year gap or something like that. So I'm really not sure where Mando's going with it, but Star Wars, you know, certainly doesn't shy away from it. If you take the original trilogy in a vacuum when it first came out, you can make the argument that all those things happen right up against each other. You know, at the end of Empire Strikes Back, Luke says, we'll meet at the rendezvous point on Tatooine to go save Han. That sounds like Tuesday to me. It doesn't sound like a year later, which canonically now they say it's a year later. So they do like creating these gaps so that they can add different types of media and books and stuff to sell stuff. Are they going to go that route with The Mandalorian? So, uh, Lacey, I'm going to start with you. What, what do you think uh, where we're at? What do you think about uh, and, and use any kind of comparisons you want, whether it's other shows that aren't Star Wars or Star Wars movies? What are we thinking here? I'm trying to think. I'm like going blank right now with, you know, shows that I watch that have kind of a time jump. And I mean, I like love The Office and there's a much of a time jump with those. And like, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Usually a lot of the shows growing up that I would watch is like school related shows. So you'd be like, ah, yes, there it's the next year of school. So it's like it was already kind of set with that time skip, time jump. I think The Office kind of does that too. Yeah. So like they do, they always have a Halloween episode and they always have a Christmas episode. Mm -hmm. Like it the time drives the storyline. And I think that that concept is going to play into The Mandalorian. I think they would miss the opportunity to develop the story more and to take the relationships further, especially between the Mandalorian and Baby Yoda, if they picked up right where the first ep- first season ended. Because those first chapters are him 
dealing with having this baby and not knowing what to do at first to then deciding this is my this is my baby to the last episode baby Yoda is grabbing his legs and hugging him like he's a dad like right. they had to develop that so now that they have that I don't think they're going to then go into season two with him trying to figure that out. They've already kind of had those moments of figuring it out. I think you're going to meet up with the the two of them again when they've already been together for a little bit. Now, that could be like six months to a year, three years, whatever. I think it's going to be no more than a year, but Mm -hmm. it would allow them to have some type of normal relationship in the sense of understanding each other better. And it allows to then push the story that much further that you're not stuck in this, like... Because we even said it on the Mando fan show. Like, some of the episodes you felt like, okay, they keep having these moments with Baby Yoda where he doesn't really understand it and it's being all cutesy and whatever. Like, they need those moments to move forward and move past that. And the only way you're going to do that is if you move the time forward. And then also it would allow time to develop Cara Dune and uh, Grief Karga and, like, what happened to those characters that I ultimately think, as an example in Star Wars, The Last Jedi missed. Like, I think by having that movie pick up right where The Force Awakens ended, you missed an opportunity to see more character development within those characters from the moment you meet them to where they are in The Last Jedi. And then you have a time jump in the third one and you're like, what is, what is happening? Like, yeah. I think... And it's probably from watching the original trilogy and then also the prequels where you meet little Annie, then you meet teenage Annie, then you meet angsty mm-hmm. Annie. Like you see that growth because there's time jumps. And I and I don't know if it's because I'm used to that. The sequel trilogy with the lack of time jump, I was like, I feel like I'm missing something because there was nothing here. So I think they're going to definitely do a time jump for The Mandalorian. Um, like you said, John, I don't think they're going to do anything more than a year because then it gets into like, okay, so he's had this baby for a year and no one's bothered him for a year. Like, what does that right. mean? Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a good point in terms of their relationship. And let's, let's get, let's push that thing forward. James, where, where are you at initially off the bat with this, uh, time skip thing? Um, do you like that they've pushed it further with Star Wars, especially the original trilogy? And what do you think they're going to do with Manda? Are you with what Lacey's saying here? I actually think I'm a hundred percent with with Lacey on this one. Actually, okay. Um, get, what I, I think, yeah, I think her her explanation of of why it needs to take place a year later is so that we we start season two. Like it, it kind of reminds me of like shows where, you know, like the very first five minutes of season two, like will be like you meet a character and now they have like a goatee and you're like, what? Like what happened? (laughs) You know, like all of a sudden, even something as simple as like a character having facial hair could, could indicate that things have changed about this person. Um, Which is why I think a lot of us wanted to see a trained Ray in the rise of Skywalker. Like we wanted that time jump to be like, okay, we're past this now. She's a professional. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm also of the mindset too. Like, hey, man, you don't make a movie with with Ray holding the lightsaber out and don't, and then like skip ahead a year. But, uh, but, but I understand that, and I think one of the biggest, biggest ones for me, the reason, the first reason I landed on why I think it would would be a year later is actually because of uh, Cara Dune and Grief Karga. 
and you mentioned that too and i was like okay that's kind of that's that's kind of where i was too um i feel like they were totally separated characters and and grief on one end is almost like kind of like a bad guy but then in the very the very end of that show they kind of leave together and you almost kind of go okay so there's the baby yoda mandalorian grief karga cara dune separation there and when they need to reunite in season two i don't think Kara and grief are going to be separated they're going to be they're going to be able to tell you what they've been doing in the meantime like or bring someone back with them yeah yeah we've set up shop here this is what we've been doing we're we now sell goods to these people mm-hmm. um, or whatever the story is, or, or we, we actually got lost and have been circling the planet for a year, <laughs> you know, or whatever, <laughs> whatever the story ends up being. I think we have to recognize that those two are going to be pals. Right. Yeah. At, at least to some degree, or they have been for the, the past year. And if we pick the show up right off, then you have that like uneasiness, that is is i don't know in a way i could see it but like i i don't think it's as as interesting as as seeing how far they've come right from the get-go and then stepping off from there yeah um and the same thing applies with with yoda and uh, our baby yoda i mean and other things like that so mm-hmm. um I think- but I, I will say this just just real quick yeah I, I remember watching a review for the fantastic four movie and somebody said it was decent until you got to when all of them got their powers and they figured it out. And then the movie randomly goes one year later. (laughs) And that's the point at which you go, no, I want to see them now. Now that they figured it out. Yeah. Like this is the thing. I don't want to see them a year. Like, Oh, we, we already went through the process of mastering our powers and we already know what we're doing. And it's just, I, I understood that very much so. So now that they've they've fermented their lives and where they're going to go, why you know I could see the argument of why would we want to skip ahead I, a year? I think you know John Favreau doesn't do anything by coincidence or mistake, and like there's signs pointing to the ease of which they can do a time skip. He didn't cast any notable children in this show uh even the kids in the village are just faces they didn't give them really names they're interchangeable you know Mm -hmm. even the kid that hugged baby yoda i couldn't pick that kid out in the lineup um and you know to that point they're going back to the village allegedly in this uh, show it wouldn't make sense for him to go immediately back there like hey we just left i just want to make you guys are good just want to hop hop back over okay you're good no, they want a year later to maybe see what can mature out of that uh, between him and O'Mara. Um, or she's with someone new and he shows up and he's like, oh, I, what I could have had type thing. Could very well be. Yeah. Also, uh, like you guys both brought up, you know, the sequel trilogy example, JJ moving the story forward for episode nine because you needed Ray and Poe to have an established relationship Sure. So that they can have those bickering moments that you see that we love at the beginning of that movie where it's not, hey, nice to meet you. Let's still be awkward and get to know each other in the final movie of the trilogy. It's like, no, we have to have made these three been through stuff so that the relationship's there. 
it needs to have that yeah. uh, stability and that's what we can get with these characters uh now that we saw them in chapter seven get together chapter eight conclude uh and then also you can add uh the the favreau element of action figures and stuff like mando could start season two with a jetpack and start whipping around and doing cool stuff that he's been talking about he wanted to get when he saw the first guy uh first cgi mando out his window flying with a jetpack he said i gotta get one of those imagine mm-hmm. him kicking off season two with a jetpack that'd be kind of cool and then the uh the the other part um is the only question for me and that's moff gideon he busts out of the tie fighter with the dark saber he's not sitting around for a year waiting so are we starting season two with a time jump where he's mobilizing forces or harnessing his skills or what has mm. he been doing so the the antagonistic side of that is the only thing that's a question for me I what bet is they're he, gonna... he doing during the time if there is a time jump which i think we all agree that there's going to be yeah i bet they're going to do something with him where he's talking to a bunch of people and he's like give me a report and they're like oh we haven't found him he's like how can you have not found them we've been looking for them for blank blank time you know what i mean like <laughs> that's easy way to write it away to just be yeah. like how could you not have found them yet <laughs> It's been eight months, three days, and sixteen well, hours. Not that, not that specific, <laughs> no, I know. but you know, know, like we've been to three plan, uh, eight planets, two system, solar system. We've been the mid rim, whatever. Like, how have you not found them yet? And then it would cut to the Mandalorian somewhere else. Like, there are ways they could write around a time jump that would make sense for Moff Gideon to continue to mobilize. Would explain more what he's looking for. You can go into more of why he wants baby yoda so bad and maybe even show examples of other things that he's taken to yeah. clone or mm. do whatever like there are other things that they can do that you'd then be like oh like he hasn't yeah, stopped being bad like he's even more bad that's true we haven't seen his turf yet right he's always right. coming on their turf so right. maybe we we're gonna go to his base or his compound Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, see his forces and like you say, maybe other people he's kidnapped or stuff. Right. And also, what about the, the maturation again. maturation of Baby Yoda? You know, like, I know it's only a year and for a 900 lifespan, it, that's nothing. That's uh, an hour. Mm-hmm. But he's 51 now. But Yoda was fully grown by 90 years old or whatever because he's teaching Jedi by the time he was age 100. So maybe a year for growth. For that species is big and maybe that plays into it maybe baby yoda starts talking i was know? gonna say talking because the toys come out in december so oh if they wanted god. to add voices to it that would be oh the time god those things are gonna sell especially i already they... have one wait what do you mean <sighs> pre-ordered she's saying it's already like oh it's already pre-orderable but it doesn't say whether it talks or not right yeah like imagine they they're gonna give him a cute voice, but it has to probably be a little Yoda y, so it's not like it, Imagine <laughs> if he talks the same way too, like backwards. You gotta Yeah, hope, we never we never heard he Yaddle talk. Right. So Yeah, you don't right. know if it's like all Yodas or just Yoda or <laughs> Right. What do you guys what do you guys think of the Moff Gideon thing? I know Lacey, you, you kinda said like, is he kidnapping other people and what's going on there? I think we gotta see his side of things. James, where are you at with is Moff Gideon, a, a, does that make it a question mark for you whether they're going to time jump this thing or do you think there's a perfect way to explain that? Um, I I think that when you brought him up that 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 
puts a little bit of kink in the theory that it's a year later because I, I have a harder time picturing what has this guy been doing for a year. He's the kind of guy that no he he was just put in that situation really quick to get the baby back from these three people and he knows everything about them. That I feel very it's hard to believe that these people escaped and he hasn't been able to track them down for a year. But mm. but I mean, I think the explanations that you guys gave are fine. They can they can do that and they can say we've finally found them, sir, you know? <laughs> and right. that just be it. Um Lacey, I mean, do, you think like pitch pitch me something then. <laughs> like a little bit more than just just beyond that, like I'm having a hard time believing that, you know, he just went the whole year. What, what, how would it take him that long to find him? I don't. So that's the thing is like, we don't know enough about Mando yet to know his skills of hiding. Like we've only seen him going back to places that he already knew. We haven't seen him run away. Mm-hmm. No, he ran away to the, the place with, um, Cardoon. Like he chose that spot. Right. But then he went back because he knew he had to deal with what he had to deal with. He wasn't fully on the run yet. Like mm-hmm. he wasn't like, ah, yes, I am now on the run permanently. Yeah. He was like laying low. It was more of like a yeah. lay low than a let me hide out. I just but- think that it's, it's, I'm trying to think of an example like from another movie or show. And I know there are some out there of the main character hiding out from the bad guy or trying to get oh hunger games hunger games is a time jump and she goes and hides in district 13 Mm -hmm. and like they don't come for her she like has to you know go after them i'm trying to think because i feel like creators and and filmmakers and stuff have things they like to use and utilize Mm -hmm. did Favreau do time skips I feel like in Iron Man he did and that was like from one to two no like in one like when he got when Tony gets kidnapped and he's over there in the Middle East didn't they say like he's over there for a period of time yeah yeah so I I think time skips are not foreign to Favreau which I think is an important thing for us to bring up here because I really do feel like filmmakers, if they have utilized something before, they're not afraid to use it again. And if he finds an opportunity to do that and knows that he's done it before and done it well with something like an Iron Man, which launched the MCU, that was a big risk. I feel like he has a safer bet now with a stable foundation with Mandalorian season one where he can say, like, I can jump this thing. Like, I can make this work. Right. But it has to be in the way that James has been saying it, whereas Iron Man... Yes, he was in the desert in this country, a prisoner for a long period of time because right, he right. had to build this Iron Man suit. Yeah, there right. needs to be an explanation for that right. time period of the because ex- no one's going to look at this and be like, "Oh yeah, Tony Stark built this suit in three days." No, right. he needed to be there for a while. He needed to struggle. He needed to realize how desperate the situation was over an extended period of time. So I understand what James is saying. He's like, okay. 
say you have a time jump, why wouldn't this guy with all these stormtroopers and all these things and has all this information, including this guy's real name, you're telling mm-hmm. me that he can't find him? It actually be- I mean, he knew like Cara Dune. Or, right. Yeah. He knew like all this stuff about these people. And and I think John, you you have a good point. Is we we talked about on Monday that the the novelization is is or not a novelization, but it's an original story, and then it's coming out after season two airs. Yeah, I think that does point to, um, like like everybody is hot off of season two. You're gonna do a prequel to season one. It's like no, you're gonna tell right. the story of how we got to season two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that yeah. that intermediate story over the course of a year it'd be like it'd be like hey you don't need to know what happens but if you want to know what happens i got all the canon fun details they're not, for you we already wrote it I they're not doing a minute sorry go ahead I no, was gonna I was say, gonna not... go ahead go ahead <laughs> walking down the so sidewalk you that, go uh... left i go left <laughs> I, I was just gonna say they're not doing a mandalorian original novel that doesn't involve baby yoda so doing a prequel doesn't involve baby yoda so that's another that's a good point yeah Yeah. Lacey, go ahead what were you gonna say i was just gonna say that maybe the novels about moff gideon that could yeah i mean that could be cool to help try to build up his story and like make him more ruthless like something about him like like taking out a village we know that's a big thing like that's a prequel Mm -hmm. that i think would be understandable and you'd be like i this yes i want to know what happened with this guy before this like the book is how he got the dark saber maybe yeah maybe oh yeah that's true that's interesting um you know i mean don't forget too that like even even in a movie like we say the empire strikes takes back you know or sorry the empire strikes back takes place here <laughs> there are time skips in these movies too yeah uh, and there is in mandalorian as well i mean um we know that like you know episode five he goes on a mission episode six he goes on a different mission episode seven he's now over here there's nothing to say that that the, that wasn't over the course of weeks and a, a novel that what the guy's writing i mean that could be a mission that he went on uh, just one random way to make money or food or whatever the story is uh, that happened in between five and six before he met up with his friend uh, or his old friend or whatever right. um, back on, on that, that ship. But, uh, but I gotta think we've, we've set it up. I th- I've got to think we're all, we're all in this agreement, right? Mandalorian season one, Mandalorian season two takes place one year later. They're writing a novel. The novel is the story between the the year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just makes a lot of sense. Like Lacey's first reason about building up that relationship between baby Yoda and Mando, where it's no more of like getting to know you. It's like, (laughs) no, they're going to be in the Mm -hmm. cockpit. He's going to throw him the ball from the thing. and be Like, there you go, buddy. And like, they're going to be, or maybe he's more active. Like he walks more. He does these climbing over stuff. Walking, talking. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Or he says, he says like, like uh, not exactly, but like a punch it, and he like pushes the button that, and they're being helpful now yeah. instead of him being like a nuisance. And how do you? And you're sell like, more- man, they're a team. That's cool. How do you sell? And I know Favreau probably doesn't give a you know what, but how do you sell more Baby Yoda toys? You have him doing things that your last round of Baby Yoda toys didn't do, and that's speaking English, and you know maybe does a power or, or he looks a little different or something. 
different outfit. Yeah. But I, I know, you know, know, a different outfit. <laughs> He's just wearing a little Mando suit. Yeah. But, you know. I'm saying, my, oh, well, no, no, not for necessarily my wallet, a different not for Mando Oh, your wallet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah true. Please not. Your baby Yoda behind you is nervous that he's going to get replaced with another version. I already have But, but you do think about that, man. I mean, everybody jokes around about the potato sack that he's in or whatever. Yeah. But, I mean, he, like, when you're on the run and stuff, like, and you're looking for food and money, like, what are you going to do? Like, his outfit was not of any importance. But a year later, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a, a, a new outfit for baby Yoda. Suit. He's yeah. got some... Uh, not a, you guys are being silly. A little suit. Oh, I, I meant like a too, jumpsuit. I mean, uh, yeah, I just Pants. mean like something that I meant like a three more suit. suited for a regular everyday outfit yeah. for him. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, story. Story. <laughs> obviously, time. first because like like we say, you know, Favreau he told Hasbro to take a hike. Like he's not worried about that stuff. He wants it. Everything else is successful off of the success of the show and and mm-hmm. they understand that and Favreau and Filoni understand that so I think all those points we brought up in terms of the story itself uh, makes the most sense for them to employ uh, a time jump and then all the other stuff is just cherry on the Sunday that they can make more content and more you know action figures and stuff like that so mm-hmm. you guys have any final thoughts on uh, on, on this uh, before we move on uh, James you're, you're any Final thing you want to say about uh, or final call? Are they going to do it? Are they not? What do you What do you think? Um, I yeah, I do think they're going to do it. Um, I think it would uh suit the story better. Um, and I do think that uh, it suits the other material like we talked about. Like it's a good thing that you know there's three years between four and five, and a year between five and six, because they can write tons and tons of other. Uh, middle middle ground stuff, um, good. And uh, yeah, I just I just think it's gonna it's gonna help. Like Lacey was saying too, like with something we didn't get in the uh, sequels. Yeah, Lacey, what? Uh, so your final? Uh, did you go? Did you take anything out of this conversation from when going in? Absolutely not. No, I don't know. So you think we're definitely getting it? And uh, final thoughts? Yeah, I think we're gonna get a time jump. I think. They have to, to explain the relationship between Mando and Baby Yoda. I mm-hmm. also think that if they put Baby Yoda in another outfit, I'm in trouble. <laughs> All right. Um, your wallet is going to be hurting. It already uh, is. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I agree with you guys. I think time jumps going to happen. How far? We're not sure. My only question is what they do with Moff Gideon, um, but I'm eager to see what they end up doing with him. But... I think that means we are going to maybe start season two by getting a glimpse of his home turf for wherever he's stationed out of. And maybe we'll be blown away by his vast, uh, not empire, but his vast uh, troops and artillery and all Mm -hmm. the stuff he's got going on. Um, And uh, we'll see. But uh, let us know what you guys think in the comments. Uh, Time skips in Star Wars. Do you like them? Are they good for... Uh, the storytelling, do they help? Uh, obviously, they help the, the storytellers push the characters forward and, and build those relationships. But what do you think of those? And more importantly, do you think we're going to get one in season two of The Mandalorian like the three of us do? Uh, so we hope you enjoyed this. But now it is time to hear from you in this moment in Resistance Transmissions. Lacey? All right, guys. It's time for Resistance Transmissions. So the way that this work is... Work works is every week 
John sure. puts up a crazy, wacky situation, and you guys give your answers. So I've never seen the scenario for people new to the show. I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't know what people said. So I kind of read it live, and we'll see what happens. All right. So the situation is Dennis, a former first employer, first order employee finds Kylo Ren's mask while rummaging through his quarters and sells it on eBay to make quick cash. What is the item description or what's a question a potential or. buyer asks? <clears throat> John, John's moved into optional answers now. Option one, the descriptions. All right. Wait. Oh, God. Oh, God. Hold on. My phone is messing up. Created a version delaying the show. Gonna talk about Kylo Ren's mask for cash. Delaying. Mask for cash app. First up is Andrew Staley at Deuce underscore Staley. And Andrew says, helmet from former Darth Vader fanboy used and abused, but still in good working order. Helps with your bad guy image, even if you're still good. Call Dennis at Exegol1138. I love the Easter eggs. Yes. Next is Kevin Lewis at Thronzon Fan. Man, Kevin is having quite the week. Big week for Kevin. Yeah. Kevin. (laughs) Kevin. Um, I wonder how many times he hears that. So anyway, um, his description was Darth Vader cosplay mask. Want to be the legendary Darth, Dark Lord of, of the Sith, but don't have the skills, talent, or intimidation factor. Oh. This mask wow. is just right for you. Ten credits, OBO. Oh, boy. Or best offer. Kevin is throwing Ke- shade at Kylo Ren. Kevin's on eBay with these little abbreviations. Yeah. <laughs> Like new in box, stuff like that. Right. Anyway. Um, all right. Next up is John Reese at John S. Reese. And John said, super cool helmet for sale, size XL, specially designed so when you remove it, your hair is perfectly quaffed. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you just left the salon. <laughs> Makes sense, right? Perfect for killing a village or an, an intimate bridge chat with dear old dad where you kill him. Oh my god, you need the hair intact per plus yeah. for killing your dad. Perfectly quaffed. Yeah. Uh next is Semperfy Danny at Semperfy Danny. And Danny said, This mask will let you see the power of the dark side. Disclaimer, Mm. item may not show you the power of the dark side. (laughs) Item may break if you're prone to outbursts. Complimentary red glue included. Do not wear in the shade. May cause hallucinations. Wow. (laughs) And last but not least is Steve Semple at Semple underscore Steve. And Steve said, postmodern chip bowl for sale. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> definitely not a helmet shattered into tiny pieces and mended by a space monkey and absolutely not previously owned by a mass murderer who once appeared on undercover boss to check we were all doing a good job any offers greatly accepted <laughs> all right now part two questions strike back i guess uh mm-hmm. this is now the questions for the item from people that would like to buy it Oh, okay. Up first is Mello at a gray Jedi. And Mello said, question, does it come with a lightsaber? 
cough, cough. I am looking to expand, cough, cough, <laughs> collection. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> All right. Uh, next is Jeremy at JE Camp 86. And he wrote, question from buyer. What does slightly damaged mean? <laughs> That's always a question when you see when someone posts an item. Lightly used, like, yeah. Yeah, slightly damaged. Uh I tried to I tried to list my iPhone one time on eBay and I didn't get very good offers or any really at all. And my brother was like, I'll be honest, man, I sell stuff on eBay all the time. Your description's too good. And I was like, Really? And he goes, Yeah. You just need to say like what it is as basic as you can because as soon as you go into like more details about like where the scratches are, whatever, Mm -hmm. people just, they don't read it and they assume that it's fake because you're trying to be too detailed or something. And I'm like- You just include pictures of all the the problems with it, usually. Dude, I I just couldn't believe it, but he was right when when I changed it to like- iPhone, AT&T, 64 gig, gold. It was like, they was like gone. <laughs> I was like, seriously? Seriously? I didn't even, like, I put, I, I even made a video showing it, and and it was like nothing. He's like, you just put too many details in there, man. <laughs> Next is Stephen Bowman so at Stephen A. Bowman. And Stephen says, does it come with the head still inside? and how much hitting do you think it could take as if someone were grieving and needed to take out her rage thanks Mrs. Bouillon I honestly didn't know where that was going and I was like (laughs) alright and last but not least is Adam Odell at Odell Adam who said question for the seller is redemption included with the mask or is that sold separately all right guys if you want to be a part of the show make sure to follow us on twitter at rbatswnn every week john puts up a crazy scenario and you give your answers and i read them on the show we talk about your handle it's a good time so yeah now back to john all right uh thanks everyone for those and for watching listening and being a part of the trb community we love you guys uh make sure you do subscribe to the show uh you can do that on youtube uh we're getting close to 5,000 subscribers so get us there uh spread the word appreciate that or if you're audio prone uh, apple podcast soundcloud spotify any audio app we're there two times a week so make sure you do subscribe so you're caught up on all your uh, TRB episodes. Um, head to StarWarsNewsNet.com every day for all of your Star Wars news. T- uh, spring, teespring.com slash stores slash resistance broadcast for all of our merch, including Make Solo 2 Happen, Gary the Porg, um, Supreme Leader, like uh, Lacey is modeling off today, and a bunch of all of our other designs, mostly designed by James over there. Uh, Patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. If you'd like to support us, tiers start at $2 a month. Uh, all the way up to tier five. I want to say a special thank you to our resistance generals. That is Carmelo, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, Neil Shaw, David Probus, John Reese, Micah Harrison, Michael Gaines, Jenna Rosewater, Bethany, Russ, and Kendall Gellner. Thank you, generals, so much for all of your support. 
We really appreciate it. And all of our patrons, our resistance officers over there, thank you so much. We have our uh, Patreon-exclusive commentary of The Empire Strikes Back coming soon for you, for you over there. So, again, thank you for all of your continued support. And on to our next goal uh, when we hit... Um, 160 resistance officers we're gonna be doing some mando commentary so uh help us get there and again just really thank you all for your support couldn't do it without you you guys can find me on twitter at johnny hoey and at starwarsnewsnet.com james uh twitter as always and instagram at myra trunks lacy people can find me on twitter and instagram at lacy gillerin all right that is it another trb in the books uh, let us know what you think in the comments. Always share uh, the show with your friends. And uh, more importantly, we hope everyone's safe, healthy, well. Enjoy your weekends. And uh, we'll see you on Monday morning with another episode of the Resistance Broadcast. See you around, kids.